Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. Mother Teresa, Come Be My Light, The Private Writings of the Saint of Calcutta, Chapter 1 Continued, Darkness, Her Companion. This letter to her confessor back in Skopje is the first instance in her correspondence where Sister Teresa refers to darkness. It is difficult to grasp precisely what darkness meant for her at this time, but in the future the term would come to signify profound interior suffering, lack of sensible consolation, spiritual dryness, an apparent absence of God from her life, and at the same time, a painful longing for him. Her brief description makes clear that most of the time, she was not enjoying the light and consolation of God's sensible presence, but rather striving to live by faith, surrendering with love and confidence to God's good pleasure. She had so progressed in that love that she could rise above the fear of suffering. Now I embrace the suffering even before it comes. And like this, Jesus and I live in love. Interior darkness is nothing new in the tradition of Catholic mysticism. In fact, it has been a common phenomenon among the numerous saints throughout church history who have experienced what the Spanish Carmelite mystic St. John of the Cross termed the dark night. The spiritual master aptly employed this term to designate the painful purifications one undergoes before reaching union with God. They are accomplished in two phases, the night of the senses and the night of the spirit. In the first night, one is freed from attachment to sensory satisfactions and drawn into the prayer of contemplation. While God communicates his light and love, the soul, imperfect as it is, is incapable of receiving them and experiences them as darkness, pain, dryness, and emptiness. Although the emptiness and absence of God are only apparent, they are a great source of suffering. Yet, if this state is the night of the senses and not the result of mediocrity, laziness, or illness, one continues performing one's duties faithfully and generously without despondency, self-concern, or emotional disturbance. Though consolations are no longer felt, there is a notable longing for God and an increase of love, humility, patience, and other virtues. Having passed through the first night, one may be led then by God into the night of the Spirit, to be purged from the deepest roots of one's imperfections. A state of extreme aridity accompanies this purification, and one feels rejected and abandoned by God. The experience can become so intense that one feels as if heading toward eternal perdition. It is even more excruciating because one wants only God and loves him greatly, but is unable to recognize one's love for him. The virtues of faith, hope, and charity are severely tried. 
prayer is difficult, almost impossible. Spiritual counsel practically of no avail. And various exterior trials may add to this pain. By means of this painful purification, the disciple is led to total detachment from all created things and to a lofty union with God, Christ, becoming a fit instrument in his hands and serving him purely and disinterestedly. It is not surprising that Sister Teresa, already such an exceptional soul, would be purified in the crucible of these mystical sufferings. Choosing to face this deep pain with trust, surrender, and unwavering desire to please God, while demonstrating an outstanding fidelity to her religious duties, she was already setting the pattern for her response to the more demanding interior trial that was to come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. O sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. St. Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father Brian, the editor of this volume of the private writings of Mother Teresa, the editor and commentator on Mother Teresa's letters, is teaching us tonight about one way to understand Mother Teresa's interior suffering, this interior darkness. And he lays out John of the Cross's teaching that God leads the soul through a dark night. And this dark night can be talked about as the night of the senses and the night of the spirit. And these seem to be progressive purifications of the soul, stripping it of all satisfaction that it can feel in the senses, any kind of satisfaction in what it's doing, any satisfaction in prayer, and why would God do this to Mother Teresa? Why would he let her live these nine years as a missionary in the intense heat of India, which she found so difficult? Why would he not pour upon her his many graces, his many sensible consolations? Well, because God wants Mother Teresa, he wanted Mother Teresa to grow in holiness. He did not want her to be there for the consolations of God. He didn't want her to be there in some kind of self-satisfactory kind of way in which she admired her own missionary works. And so one of the things God does is he strips away this satisfaction that one feels in one's own work, in one's own prayer, so that if the soul in this case, if Mother Teresa perseveres, she's doing it for him. She's doing it for Jesus. She's not praying for herself because she doesn't feel much consolation. 
She's not being a missionary in India because it feels good or she can admire herself. No, she sees all kinds of mistakes. But she's there because she wants to make Jesus happy, she says. So this kind of purification, the night of the senses, is one thing. But Father Brian seems to be setting a, us up to understand the more intense darkness that Mother will feel later on. He seems to be suggesting that the night of the Spirit, a more radical purification will take place, in which God becomes all in all to the soul. And Father Brian wants us to have in the background this teaching of St. John of the Cross as a kind of framework to begin to understand Mother Teresa's life. In other words, Mother Teresa's life is not something that other saints have not spoken about. What we're about to read in her life is not something that is unintelligible to the great spiritual theologians. But at the same time, the way in which this happens in mother's life is unique. And we can get a certain first purchase, a first approximation and understanding from John of the Cross, for example. But what God does in each saint is somewhat unique. And there will be aspects of mother's life that won't fit neatly into any other framework, any other categories, any other book, because she's a, a unique word, a unique participation in the incarnation, a unique prolongation that God was speaking to our time. So what should we take from this little section of chapter one? Well, it's this. If you want more light, Newman used to say, follow the light you've been given. If we want to grow in holiness, if we want to pursue God more faithfully, then we have to be faithful. Jesus says, if you're faithful in few things, you will be faithful in great things. Well done, good and faithful servant, our Lord would say. And Mother Teresa was faithful. Almost as though you can reverse Newman's thing. If you want more darkness, <laughs> follow the darkness you've been given. In other words, Mother Teresa didn't run when a certain amount of suffering, even crying, she spoke about weeping in her novitiate. It was not easy. If you and I are going to become saints, if we're going to get all kinds of things worked out in our souls and set right, if we're going to grow in self-knowledge, true self-knowledge, there's going to be some pain, some weeping, some tears. And Mother's telling us tonight, wherever we are in the spiritual life, keep going. Be faithful. And the Lord who makes us into what we're meant to be will lead us on. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.